Welcome, everyone, to our next edition of What the EdTech with uh, Smoke and Rob. Uh, today is a bit of a different day. Uh, Smoke had something come up, so I have my friend Caitlin uh, on with me as co-host. Caitlin, won't you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Caitlin. I work for Wichita Public Schools, and I am a VILS coach. Um, for those of you who don't know what VILS is, I'm like a technology coach at uh, Truesdale Middle School. And today we have an amazing friend, a friend who I've known for a long time and uh, very much an innovator in the industry. Uh, her name is Snow White. Snow, you want to uh, introduce yourself? Sure. So uh, first of all, that is my real name is Snow White. And uh, I am now at Intel and I'm leading the education sales strategy uh, for North America. So U.S. and Canada is now my territory. Just a little territory. And today, you know, I I love the topic of of esports and AI and education, and I have two of the most amazing people that can talk around that today. Um, you know, Caitlin, won't you first start and just talking about kind of your experience with esports so far and how it's impacted you? And Snow, then we'll go to you. Sure. Yeah, so I first got involved in esports just through a little thing uh, called a gaming club at Southeast High School. Um, and then our students wanted to uh, compete at a higher level. So we started to compete in esports um, just as uh, a Southeast high school small group. Um, and with the district that esports has grown into a very large and competitive organization in which Wichita Public Schools are on the map for national titles um, in a very, very competitive way. And so we uh, have taken kids to nationals. We have traveled um, to Kansas City to compete with colleges and professional teams um, and held our own in those situations, too. And it's just been really amazing to see all of my kids that have interacted in these programs that weren't really connected to our school before esports came along. And um, they weren't in any kind of sports or any activities. And now they're deeply involved in the school. They're the kids that everybody wants to talk to. They're the kids that have the expertise. Um, and a lot of my kids had never thought about going to college. And now all of a sudden they're getting scholarships and offers and um, to go do bigger things than they really ever thought that they could just through uh, video games and esports. So it's been a pretty impactful experience to see that development and that growth. Um, and then just, just to be a part of those those kids journeys. So we love it. Well. Caitlin, it's just, um, I have to say, I feel like a proud mama when you talk about what, what's happening in in, uh, in your district. And and the reason I say that is uh, back long ago, the, uh, Rob was in town for South by uh, EDU, and we were having lunch together, and I think we got out several napkins and started sketching on what esports might look like for the district. And... and I think, Rob, we were only supposed to meet for like 45 minutes and it turned into like three hours. We were so excited about the possibilities. And uh, the one thing I know about Rob is once he gets an idea in his head, he is going to go with it. And it's not just like we're going to go, we're going to just like dip our toe into it. He's going to go big. And hearing you talk is just proof of how big he went. Um, so I just, I, I feel like I was, um, you know, just part of that, you know, uh, brainstorming of, of what's now in the district. So it's just, I mean, it brings uh, 
very warm and fuzzy hearing you talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, my start really in esports was really thinking about more about the academic side of it. Um, so we had some districts. This is pre-pandemic. In fact, when Rob and I met, it was right before the pandemic. I mean, literally like a week or so before everything shut down. Uh, but pre-pandemic, we we're having school uh, school districts come, and we would have conversations around what would esports look like, and we knew about yes, there's the hardware and there's the teams to think about, but there were so many pathways that this led into the academic side, and that's really what inspired me to get more involved and really help build out the program. I was at Dell before I came to Intel, and you know, what would that program look like from an academic side as well as an esports side? And so we would, when I talk to school districts, I'd say, are you looking at an esports team or are you looking at an esports program? Because they're very different on how you approach. And um, and so I was really passionate about seeing the possibilities that how esports could be brought into CTE classes and and kids were getting excited about learning because esports was attached to it. And then knowing that there was going to be this competitive side too. And um, so, yeah, it started off as just thinking about the academic side. And then when a pandemic hit, my daughter started gaming a lot more. And hearing from a female gamer's perspective really opened up a lot of um, discussions that I hadn't thought about having um, with others on what is it like for a female gamer? Because I was seeing from her eyes, it's very different. And knowing that maybe she might be playing in a school uh, one day and because uh, she was playing co-ed and probably be co-ed in school. And so that's really, um, I was I was very, uh, you know, intrigued about this side of it now on thinking about Girls Who Game, which was another program that we had in the district. And and uh, what that would look like in inspiring females to go into STEM, but also be competitive in esports. And then just hearing some of the struggles she went through, I was like, okay, now I need to be an advocate too. So not only do am I inspired to bring esports into school districts, but how can I be an advocate for those that may be underrepresented or feel like they don't have a voice in esports? And so that's that's really where um, my lens is when I think about esports is is really how do we uh, level the playing field so that everyone can feel like they're uh, being in uh, you know in this competitive um, game, but then they also feel like there's so many college and career pathways available to me because of esports. Yeah, I I so appreciate you talking about that time right there at the pandemic. I remember landing in Austin, uh, South by Southwest TDU was supposed to start and they cancel it the moment I get in my taxi. And so uh, ended up spending that time together. I still use the graphic that we talked about from Arizona State University of the six levels of problem solving. Still, still discuss that today. Um, I think what's amazing about an esports program is the ability for a student to fail, fail, fail until they succeed. And there's not many iterations in society and life that give you that opportunity. I remember growing up, you know, obviously a long time ago before technology and smartphones and all that. And I had the ability to fail, fail as a kid because, you know, I, not many things were known, right? I just, everything was face to face. I, you know, you got lenience today. I feel like as you build a digital 
uh, footprint, there's less um, there's less ability for that uh, type of failure to happen. And and I think you know there's some lessons to be learned around that. And I think in a learning process, uh, really building strategy and problem solving. I think esports is a great way of doing that with a set of kids. What do you guys think about how and how could this impact learning in some way? And I'll go to Caitlin first. Yeah, I think I think like you said, the design of it's okay to fail and try again and learn and progress is a a model that needs to be brought back into classrooms of all content areas. It doesn't just have to be, you know, our esports or our uh, curriculum around it. Um, because it's building that resiliency and it's building those problem solving skills. And what businesses are looking for today has changed. We don't need assembly line workers who can do the same routine things and repeat steps and just get really good at repeating those steps. We need problem solvers. We need innovators, creative thinkers. Um, and so Putting that type of mentality into classrooms is what's really going to project those kids on the right track to be those employees that we're looking for in the future. Because our future isn't going to look the same as it does now. We're preparing kids for a world that we don't even know what it looks like. And so using those skills um, to prepare them for that new world, I think, is the key to good a good education. Yeah, Rob, you hit on something about fail. And that in gaming, kids feel comfortable failing. But in education, and it's not just kids, kids don't want to fail. Teachers don't want to fail. Principals don't want to fail. We don't have an environment that allows for failure. And so if I had this magic wand, that's what I would do is create this secure environment that since we all know we learn the most from failing, that's that's really when those moments stick with us, when we're like, when we struggle. Um, but we don't embrace that in our education system. And so that's where I would want that magic wand is it's okay. And, you know, we don't, we don't longer have eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. It's all competency-based. And so, because this is where I see where kids start getting tired of, if you fail eighth grade, you don't get to start from where you failed. You start all over again. And if we did that in gaming, they would like, they maybe do that one time in a game. And they're like, no, no, I made it to level 33. I want to yeah. start from level 33. It just wouldn't, it, the, the game wouldn't survive. And, and, but we expect that for our kids. It's like, we're going to make you go through everything you know. And then you're going to get to the part that you didn't know. And hopefully you get it this time. And so that's where um, when we talk about learning is how do we create this safe environment where it's okay to fail? And again, it's not just our kids, our teachers and our principals and standardized testing has put that pressure on us where we don't feel like it's okay to fail. And that's what I would want to change. So that's where I feel like where gaming could benefit and learning is if we could embrace some of those uh, methods that they have to bring you back to the game. Let's bring them back to education and make them feel like I need. I need to. I'm going to start from where I need to learn to move forward. Caitlin and I had a conversation uh, just earlier about collaboration, like how kids collaborate today. And when you 
the I would say the biggest aha moment for me in just watching esports competition was like how groups create their own shorthanded language, how you know how they identify roles just within one another and and build those intrinsically. There's there's something about that that's very different than and it's really student driven instead of teacher or classroom driven. Um, what are some of the things that you see in that landscape that are ahas to you? I mean, I would first off just say if there are parents that are watching that have kids at game, I just encourage you to go down and listen to their communication skills when they are playing online uh, because their ability to receive feedback from a peer, their ability to give feedback, um, their ability to problem solve, their ability to deal with conflict resolution because they don't always agree on top of it. And so they have to decide within a split second on which path are we going to follow? What thing are we going to try? Um, and there is no time for this back and forth argument. I mean, there is just time for leadership, followership, for making decisions. And then after we've made that decision, they have to adapt to whether or not that was the right decision. Um, so just their ability to move through conversations while problem solving and doing conflict resolution is just unparalleled in any other scenario that they truly get to do on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's so many aha moments. It, it's hard to to nail it down to just a just one or even a couple. But um, you know, I did mention earlier about that. There is a difference when you're a female gamer once they know that you're female. Um, I didn't really think that. You know, I just thought, oh, we're past that. And then when I heard it, I was like, oh, you know, when they were asked, you know, when my daughter's constantly asked, "Are you a girl?" when playing because they can't see. Um, I'm like, and it doesn't bother her right now, but I know why they're asking that. And I think eventually they, it will. And now she's learned to respond. And I talked to some other female gamers. I said, what do you do when they ask that? And they, they gave me some responses. And my daughter's favorites are like, um, she says, no, I'm an alien, you know, and you're like, well, how do you respond to that one? And then, uh, the other one was, uh, they said, why are you scared? You know, if asked if you're a female. So I was like, or a girl. And I was like, oh, that's a good one, too. But no, my daughter's favorite is the, is the alien. So that that was an aha moment. But then the um, I think two other things were the scholarships. How much is out there? I think there was like 16 million last year in scholarships available to go uh, to college around esports. And it's not just to play on a team. It's we need scholarships for coaches. We need scholarships to do AV, to help us run a tournament, to be our marketing manager. And so I think that is amazing, those given those opportunities of where kids may have not thought I have any pathway to go to college because I can't afford it. This has given them that opportunity. And then the second one leads into the hundreds and probably thousands of jobs that are out there in esports that also pay well. Um, but what I like, too, is that you may do marketing for your college team. But then you may not go to a pro esports team and do marketing. But now that you have that skill set, you can go to any Fortune 500 company or go wherever you might want to work and bring those skills. So I feel like esports is also another avenue to to almost be an intern and uh, get those skills and then 
be able to apply them to something else that they want to do. It's very much an applied learning activity, right? Where you think yeah. about students actually tying it right to it. And big names are, I mean, we just uh, signed a contract with McDonald's Gaming last year and they yeah. sponsor our activities. So there are some very big names in that in this industry. You know, I can't help but think of the elephant in the room of AI and how it might impact this whole process and large language models. Um, how do you guys think uh, AI and large language models will impact learning and even the possibility of having uh, strategy and other things being helped by uh, this new tool that we have in society? Caitlin? So I think when we look at AI, we have to think about how it's going to simplify the daily minutiae and the, sim the basic thing to free up our cognitive space to be able to do the hard things. So I think there's a fear, of course, that AI is going to make it to where we don't think, which I would totally argue the opposite is that AI is going to give us the ability to think about more things and more complex and more creative things. So moving, you know, in an education model from where students know the dates of a war, students are going to understand the impacts of that and they're going to understand how I can I apply that knowledge to the future. I don't need to memorize all of these specific um, facts and just historical information or procedural information. I have something that can do that for me so that I can really think about how can I use this information to change the world? How can I work on sustainability? How can I focus on the big problems versus just the little things? So I think once we get past, um, you know, the early introduction of it, that it's really going to change the way that students can impact our community as a whole. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a good one, Caitlin. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think one is, uh, well, first of all, AI is just so big. I mean, there's just so many facets to it. And I think a lot of people think of just the chat GPT, but then there's just so many other things that, and really we've been using AI for a while. We just, about a year ago, we all just started talking about it. Like, oh, wow, it is in our world and it's everywhere. Um, but I do, I, I was last week, actually, I spent three days uh, with a group and that's all we focused on was AI. Like, what is Microsoft doing in AI for education? What is Google doing in AI for education? And we are speaking from, you know, what is Intel doing in, from um, AI and education? And, you know, what, what I walked away with is like, it is so big. There are so many aspects to think about when it comes to AI. So it is like, how is it going to impact learning? And I agree with you, Caitlin. If it could just just take out some of that minutia for teachers. I mean, burnout is real. It's teachers. I, I feel for them. I try to bring them as many treats as possible. Uh, my whole family were educators. I get it. But I've never, I never saw the burnout in my parents like I see the burnout now. And... And I think a part of it is just dealing with these daily tasks all the time that just take up time, but they have to do it because it's either a mandate or I, I just got to, if I don't do it this way, I don't know if they learn the content. And so I really hope that AI 
eliminate some of that. And we're seeing that right now. We um, One of the uh, folks from Intel was was showing a demo and it's in practice right now, but it was all these cameras on this student completing this experiment. So it was a hands-on experiment. And the camera was able to see, are they putting the weights on, on the scale in the right area and, and doing the measurement the correct way? And instead of watching, you know, 100 hours of video, AI was able to like scan it all and go, yep, all of these were correct. Oh, here's one that needs improvement. They didn't quite do the. And I thought, oh, what a lifesaver. And he was even speaking from a professor's point of view. He's like, I have so many papers I have to read that after a while, it just you start blurring. And he goes, if I could have AI scan these papers, get the topics and then go back to the ones that need improvement, then I could spend my time where it's needed on those students that need that extra help. And so that's where um, I would love to see AI help take some of this burnout from our teachers and bring the excitement back. And also, and this is something that's another passion of mine besides esports, and we didn't even talk about the SEL piece of esports because that's another whole thing that I love about the esports. But kids are struggling right now. I The pandemic really did a number on them. And mental health needs to be number one. And if AI can come in and help a teacher free up that time so that she or he can say, wait a minute, this is, you know, uh, Jacqueline is not acting the way she has normally the past five days or um, I've been reading some of her documents and they see they have a darker tone than they have. I mean, teachers, AI will never replace that from a teacher of knowing their student. And but they have burnout and they're so tired and they're having to do with all these different tasks that they just don't have that time to to see those red flags and man, if I, here goes my wand again, and you know, what can I do to, you know, change everything? I would love AI to be able to free up the time for teachers to really hone in on uh, mental health for students. You know, I'm so glad that you talked about uh, SEL, uh, especially with esports, because I just brought up some of our findings. We had Wichita State University do a year-long study of our esports program. And out of that, one of the things that they identified was uh, the connectedness of the kids grew at such a large capacity just during one year that the kids felt more connected to the school. They felt supported by the school and wish that they had never felt before. I think I think one of the things that was lost during the pandemic was connectedness of school and community. And I think. The more activities we can do like that together, um, I think the more connected our our whole society will be, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. But it's, so- oh, oh, I was just going to say it, re- regarding AI, I mean, the things that for us to think about too is just um, there's so many possibilities that we're going to see in education. I, I feel like we're in this weird moment of, and this is dating myself, but I remember bringing the internet to schools and we had a lot of schools that like, do not bring the internet. We, we are not going to open it up. We will not have the internet. There's evil things out there with the internet. And now we laugh. I mean, I see Caitlin just dying over here, but that really was a reality. And then there was the cutting edge ones like 
bring it in. There's so much for us to learn. And I feel AI is a little bit that way where we have some CTOs that are like, "Mm, I think I'm going to shut this thing down. And then some CTOs like Rob is going to find every possible way to bring it in for the benefit of the students. And so I think that's that is something for us to for us to remember, um, because there is an ethics piece of it that we're going to have to make sure kids are aware of. I mean, it, it's going to change the landscape of not only education, but everything. I mean, with the election coming up, we're, we're prepared. Like, how do we know if we're seeing that person really talk? Like, even right now, Rob, how do you know I, it's me, Snow, and it's not an AI avatar that I've created? Um, so I think there's going to be a whole ethics piece of it. And then thinking about the technology that supports that, because a lot of folks think of AI as all in the cloud. But at Intel, that's where a lot of we're making those investments and in development is AI on the PC. And so I think there's just going to be a lot of considerations, not only how is it used, but what do we use it on? And are we getting the best experience with um, the systems we have in place? Man, we've had so many parallels. So this morning, uh, and Kayla was in, we have a, a private ISTE cohort that we're working on our ISTE certification. So the reflection, my reflection was, I remember in 1999, my first district bring internet to the district, like for the first time <laughs> setting up email. I said, and I think AI is even bigger than that. Yeah. And uh, it's just so hard to understand what, five years from now looks like or 10 years from now looks like, like we're looking at redoing a district strategic plan and I'm going to build a new technology plan that goes around that. But man, that there's more uncertainty today than I've ever felt. I agree. Yeah. Sky's the limit, but there's so much uncertainty with that as well. Yep. Yeah. That is funny how aligned we are today. It's almost like I, I can read your brain, Rob. This, isn't like, this is why we had a three hour meeting about esports. <laughs> we just we just keep going. But yeah, no, that's I'm excited. I am excited to see what leaders like you do in education around AI, because I do feel like there's just going to be amazing just opportunities for teachers leaders, students, the sky is the limit. And we're going to fail at some of these, mm-hmm. but that's okay. I mean, it's, it, and I did not coin this, but I, someone taught it to me and I love it is the fail stands for first attempt in learning. And I'm like, we should always remember that we're learning. We're going to fail and we're going to learn. Yep. I love that. Well, Snow, thanks so much, Caitlin. Thank you. And uh, guys, uh, till next time. Awesome. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you for inviting me and, and, uh, look forward to hearing more, uh, podcasts from you all. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks guys. Thanks.